Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, Mike, NCAA McShane. Mike, you got it, man. That's exactly <laughs> right. I love that. Yeah, keep that going. I like the new nickname. I'll go with that one. You like that, huh? I do. I do. For the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll uh, we'll stick with that. Well, you do got your tissues unless you're crying right now, right? I'm uh, <laughs> not getting busted yet. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, you got to see this week's five minutes at the frat house because that's exactly how Sidekick leaves it uh, with me at the very end. I didn't expect it. I'm doing the sign-off, and he turns very quietly to everybody and says, and he looks at me and he goes, next week you know you're going to be crying. <laughs> there you go, man. All right. So should we just solicit for uh, you know a caller to host the program today or what, huh? Yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to be one of those Fridays. It's open forum Friday here on Fan Junkies Radio. So if you want, you can call in, ask anything you like. You want to talk about NCAA, you want to talk about your bracket, you want to talk about NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB, MMA, pro wrestling, soccer, tennis, golf, racing, whatever. We're here for it. 347-237-5373. Golf. I, listen, I could actually do that. I could talk a little golf. You want to talk a little Masters? We can do that. Not really, but. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Mike, this is not for you. This is for the fans. This is oh, for. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I'm being, I'm, I'm being like most of the sports uh, guys we know. I'm being. You know, a- man, I think we should have a golf week, though. What do you think? I'm, I'm uh, having a golf day. <laughs> I don't know if I can do a whole week. Hey, listen, man. If we can get Arnold Palmer on, man, and a couple others, we're we're, we're going to have golf week, man. Boston, I could do. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Nice. I'm sure you and Arnold Palmer have a lot in common, Mike. Uh, listen, uh, uh, daily, daily would be great to have on. Oh, uh, yes, he would be. That would be fun. As long as he throws golf clubs at us and beats us like we're his wife. So. Oh, my gosh. All right, man, let's get into the uh, – <laughs> uh, just... The whole thing is just run off the rails already. <laughs> All right, man, before we do uh, our, our high-tech picks, uh, we're going to be joined by uh, sports blog, his host uh, and, and writer for the sports blog of blog, John Lear. We're going to talk some Boston sports at the twelve fifteen mark. Yep. Uh, so if you're a Patriots fan, Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox um, – it's for you. Call in 347-237-5373, and we'll talk some Boston sports with you as well. So let's get our hat trick picks done here right, real quick. Mike, I think we're tied either 3-3 or 4-4. Four, four. Oh, I think it's 3-3 three, three okay. still at this point. So you had a hat trick uh, on Monday, but uh, – Well, you know, listen, i got to tell you, it, it, before I went to bed uh, that evening, I checked everything, and it, listen, NHL hat trick came back and said to me, or hattrick.nhl.com, Came back. They had me listed as having a hat trick. So, uh, you know, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit quick, and I was rubbing it in your face, and then I got up the next morning and found out it was all just uh, a dream. Oh, it's a reason why my NCAA bracket's better than yours right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Questions real quick. Uh, will Blake Wheeler of the Winnipeg Jets score at least one goal tonight against the Washington Capitals? Blake Wheeler has only scored 14 goals in 31 games, so I think the odds are no. I'm going no as well. 
Which team will win tonight between, duh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders? You know, I was just talking about this with you a little bit pre-show. Pittsburgh's on a, uh, a a little bit of a win streak themselves. They've won 10 in a row. One's got to think that they're going to lose at some point or another. Here we go. This is the way we as fans always kind of look at things, don't we? We're always thinking that something's going to go wrong. Uh, it's against the Islanders, and it's a home game. I was inclined to go Islanders, but i got to go Penguins. I'm going Penguins as well. Which team will win between them? This is going to be a great game, Mike. It is. The Anaheim Ducks, the mighty Ducks of Anaheim. They're not no mighty in New York, but anyway. Uh, versus the Detroit Red Wings. The quiet Anaheim Ducks, who have worked up the second-best record in the NHL rather quietly. Um, this is another one where you got to think that sooner or later Anaheim's going to drop one, but I'm not, I'm not making it tonight. This is a home game for the Ducks, so... I'm taking the Ducks on this one. I'm going Ducks as well. So either we're going to be tied 4-4 or we're going to be losing tonight. So. Yes, you got it. You got All right, it. Mike. Today in sports. Today in sports. Uh, I had a number of things to go back to. I'm actually going to save one of the older ones for our buddy John Leary and see how good his Boston knowledge truly is. Uh-oh. It probably, though, is going to predate his birth, I'm sure. You're putting John on the spot already, man. I, listen, I, I, we're going to have a lot of fun with John. I'm going to tell you, I, I just know it. I can feel it. Uh, let's go back to 1979 for a moment. I remember when this occurred, and, and Jonathan, you probably will as well. 1979, the NHL voted to accept four WHA teams into the NHL, and they were the Edmonton Oilers, the Winnipeg Jets, Quebec Nordiques, and the Hartford Whalers. Uh, one of your favorite teams there with the Whalers. Oh, man. Got to bring the Whalers back. I'm a diehard Rangers fan, always will be, but, man, just to see that Hartford Whalers jersey again, man, that would be... Amazing. Well, that was, you know, that that you're right, and that was a special team. Um, you know, it, it was really, really neat in those final days there to watch the Hartford Whalers, their, their, their green and white uh, uniforms, and uh, uh, Gordy Howe skating around at that particular time on the ice with the, in the later days with the uh, Hartford Whalers. Yep, yep. Let me tell you, man. Great team. I miss uh, watching some uh, Whalers games. Yeah, we got yeah, we, we to make a movement to get them back. You know, I, I, in some we, we've talked about this numerous times. You know, in in talks of expansion, which I think would be a big mistake for the NHL. One of the places though that keeps coming up is Hartford. Really? Yes. Wow. All right. Let's see what happens. All right, man. Let's uh, talk a little bit of uh, football, Mike. But before I do that, just want to throw this out there. Uh, report today: uh, the MLB is reportedly uh, going to sue the Biogenesis connections. Well. Uh, yeah, is that a surprise? That's actually no, 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 it's not. But it's it's out there now. So uh, you know, one would have to think. Uh, Biogenesis connections. Will the uh, Miami Herald be one of the people being uh, subpoenaed and sued? Um, well, as I pointed no, out, so, no, so they can get the documentation. Correct. And as I pointed out, we talked about this. Uh, when was it, Jonathan? About uh, maybe about ten days ago or so. Uh, that's exactly what has to happen. Uh, they they cannot just. You know, the the newspaper cannot just rightfully uh, relinquish that information. No. They're going to have to be taken to court because if they were to just turn it over on their own, they're setting a very – they're setting a deadly precedent uh, under the First Amendment. So they're going to have to be sued in order to turn that over, and that's what they're – I would imagine that that newspaper – what is it, the Miami – I forget which – Miami Herald, I believe it was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was thinking it was Miami Herald. Yeah. Um. It, that's they're probably anticipating that they will get pulled into court over the whole thing. Mm. That's what they want. That's what they have to have in order to preserve uh, liberties uh, for freedom of speech and, and press under First Amendment. That's my that's my read on it. All right. 
We'll see what happens with that. We'll definitely keep everybody updated with that. But let's talk a little NFL right now, Mike, yes, before we get to uh, John Leary at the 12-15 mark. Uh, Tennessee Titans, running back Chris Johnson, uh, loves the moves that the Titans have made, but he's not happy about one of those moves, and that's the Titans signing former Jets running back Sean Green to a three-year, $10 million deal, saying, and I quote, I have never been a big fan of the two-back system, so I don't know how we plan on using him. Uh-huh. I'm not afraid of competition, but I was thinking we'd maybe get a draft pick for the other back, and you don't give a guy that kind of money to be just a goal-line guy and in <laughs> tough yardage situations, so we'll see what happens. But then he goes on to say, and I quote again, I'll just roll with it. Of course, I don't want to carry the ball 30 or 40 times a game, uh-huh. and I don't mind a guy getting a carry or two, but if I'm the main guy and it's supposed to be my team, it shouldn't be an issue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. End quote. Yeah. What do you get from that? Chris Johnson, uh, you know, listen, first of all, uh, who who made him coach of the team? He's not happy with a two-back scheme. You know, what the uh, – yeah. You know, and, and what would happen if he goes down hurt and they don't even have a backup, for God's sake? Chris Johnson, get over your freaking self, honest to God. Yeah. Uh, you know, prima donnas, you know, we've talked about it so, so many times. His comments are absolutely ludicrous. You know, uh, seriously, I'm going to tell you right now uh, – I'm not a big, big fan of teams coming down and penalizing their players when they speak. Because to me, I think you should be allowed to speak forthright and honestly. But this is a case where, in fact, I think uh, the team actually ought to, ought, to, ought to fine him. Because to make comments like that actually, to me, undermines what the team is attempting to do. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think his comments are ludicrous. And it's all ego-driven and centered. Not, I- <laughs> you know, it's 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 just funny how he contradicted himself, saying, uh, you know, I don't know why they would give this guy this kind of money if they're just going to let him be a goal line and you know in tough yardage situations, blah 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 blah. But I don't want to carry the ball thirty or forty times a game. Yeah, right, right, okay. So who else must carry it? Let's bring your coach out there, and he'll he'll carry it for you. I don't know. I think. I mean, honest to God, I mean, you know, it just it drives me nuts. I mean, you you know, you sent this one over to me. Uh, and, and that was my first reaction. My first reaction is shut up. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't usually know what when Chris speaks, uh, my first reaction is usually shut up. So. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stand the I, guy. You know, it, it makes you. You know, I'd like to take a look at the guy's contract. I mean, you know, what kind of incentives do you have in your contract, there, buddy boy? You know, uh, you don't want you don't want a uh, you don't want a, a running back coming in there and, and doing goal line. Why? Because it's going to take away from your touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, seriously. It's a shame. You know, uh, Sean Green, very nice guy. Me being a diehard New York Jets fan, I know a lot about Sean Green. Uh, you know, great locker room guy, great teammate. You know, never hear a bad thing about him. It's a shame that, uh, you know, he's coming into that right now. Uh, you know, you know, guy hasn't even put on a Titans jersey yet, and here we got Chris Johnson uh, yeah, talking at the mouth already. Exactly, bad talking. You know, um, you know, Jonathan, let me ask you a question. As, as a coach, put your coach's hat on for a moment. Yeah. Isn't that the best of the world? You got a two-back scheme going on. A, one guy that can that can uh, work you from the red zone. That's, 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 that's man. Dream. I mean, that is the kind of that's the kind of thing you want to build on your team. Well, that's what you need, and I mean, that's the way the NFL is now. Exactly. You know, that's every every team has a you know almost every team has a two-back system, Mike. Unless you got a guy like uh, Adrian Peterson, and I'm sorry, but Chris Johnson, no Adrian Peterson. You know, he, he's you know he's not a guy that's going to power over you. He's 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 a finesse, speedy guy, man. That's not what Sean Green is. Sean Green's the guy that's going to put his head down and try to run you over. I mean, uh, unfortunately, it didn't work here in uh, 
New York with the Jets, but uh, you know, hopefully for uh, Sean Green, it works for him uh, in in in, ten, in Tennessee. Great guy. With you know, wish him nothing but the best of luck. But uh, it was it was time for uh, the Jets to move on from. So, well, of course, I guess maybe with the rule changes that are coming in. Uh, you know, maybe some uh, running backs like Chris Johnson are looking at it that, uh, you know, their job might be eliminated altogether in the future. Uh, maybe. We'll see. I mean, seriously, you know, uh, that, you know, we were talking a little bit. We talked about it. We talked about it on Monday. We talked about it on Wednesday. Uh, the recent rule change for the running backs, uh, that has really, really set off quite a fire all around the NFL. Yeah. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. So. All right, man. Brian Erlacher, uh him and the Bears cutting ways. Uh, Erlacher calling the Bears offer insulting. Uh, you know, really ripping them apart. They offered him a one-year deal with only one million dollars guaranteed. Yeah. He was looking for a uh, two-year uh, deal around eleven million dollars for a guy who, uh, you know, you could say it, heart and soul of uh, the Chicago Bears for the last uh, thirteen years. Correct. Uh, you know, what do you think? Uh, does uh, Erlacher have a case here? Was that an, uh, an insulting offer from Chicago to Erlacher, or do you think? Uh, for a guy whose career is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, on the tail end, he should have just taken it and stayed in Chicago. Um, you know, uh, I don't have, and I know you can get him faster than I can. I don't have his uh, numbers for the past season up in front of me. Um, frankly, I think it was an insulting offer. Um, I also think it's kind of a bit of BS on the part of the Bears uh, to indicate that they've made a fair offer. Yeah. Uh, you, you know. Yeah, I, I guess kind of in some respects, I kind of assimilated a little bit to what the Eagles did to uh, uh, our buddy Dawkins. Um, you know, to just cut ties like that. You know, I, I think in some respects there is there has to be something given to a guy that's been, as you pointed out, Jonathan. I think that's the the appropriate phraseology, the heart and soul. Absolutely. Um, and I think that I understand that football is a business. And so it's always about what have you done for me lately. Yeah. And when numbers are dropping down, we as a fan base will be the first ones to let a team know that it's time for a guy to move on. Yeah. But Erlocker is a different breed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't picture this guy wearing any other colors but uh, but Chicago Bear colors. Well, I just I can't imagine it. I see him going to Dallas. That's where I see him going. That's just me. But I uh, think it's a damn shame. Yeah, let's say this right now. Uh, last season, uh, the season before this one just now, he played in a full 16 games, Mike. Yeah. Uh, 102 total tackles, three interceptions, uh, let's see, seven pass deflections, and uh, one defensive touchdown. This past season, a little injured, only 12 games, 68 total tackles, no sacks, another uh, interception touchdown, one interception, and uh, seven passes uh, deflected. So I guess my question to you is, in looking at the numbers as you are, um uh, do you is there an obvious diminishment in uh uh what's the word I want uh, production? No, not really because if you would have played 16 games you probably would have uh, had another uh you know 100 plus tackles. So the guy's very capable uh of continuing to perform at a level that would be well worth giving him a uh, a legitimate contract. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, listen. He wanted two years, 11 million. Chicago bounced back with one year, two million, only one million guaranteed. It, listen, Brian Olacker, one of the nicest guys in the game, Mike. We never hear nothing bad about the guy. Great player, heart and soul of Chicago. Right. This is a guy that Chicago should have turned around and said, listen, we don't want to give you $2 million, you know, excuse me, two, two years, $11 million. How about one year, $5 million, you know, $6 million, four guaranteed, you know? I would agree with you, Jonathan. 211 might be a little high. That yeah. might be a little steep. I would yeah. agree with you there. But, you know, 
There, but he deserved that respect from uh, Chicago that he didn't get. You're going two eleven to one for what? What did you say? One one? Yeah. One year, one million. Yeah, one year, one million. Who the hell calls that negotiation? Listen, you know what? You could say right now Chicago wanted him done, but no, you know, exactly. gone. But the way they did it was very disrespectful. That's not negotiating. Who the yeah. hell's negotiating there? Hey, listen, man, you know. Back, as you say, come back, make it one for four and a half. One yeah. for four. Yeah. Something. You know what? One for five, four million guaranteed incentive right. to get the extra million. You there know? you go. I, I like what he, you just offered. He deserved that respect from Chicago to get that kind of deal. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a disgrace. Yeah. All right. Real quick, because uh, we got our guest on the line, uh, Ed Reed. Officially, he's Baltimore Ravens, signed a three-year deal with the Houston Texans. That's eight members of the Baltimore Ravens now gone, Mike. Yeah. So they're definitely not repeating. Yeah, well, no, I want well, so, to sign with Tennessee. They have a hell of a lot of work they got to do on the defensive side of the ball, that's for sure. Yeah, they're not repeating. Better be a damn good draft for them. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, man, well, let's bring in our guest uh, joining us right now is our good friend John Leary from Sports Blogger and Sports Blogger Radio. What's going on, bud? Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, John. We're doing real good. Thanks for joining us, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is this is. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. I can't wait to 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 bust on your uh, all your Boston teams up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring it on, then, Mike. Bring it on. <laughs> bring it on, Mike. Bring it on. All right. So you know what? Let's talk about this right away, Mike. Uh, uh, John, biggest move in Boston sports over the last uh, few months. Wes Walker, no longer a New England Patriot, in his spot. Yeah. He injury prone. Danny Amendola, you and I, Mike as well, we've all spoken, uh, you know, off air about these moves that the uh, Patriots made. We don't agree with it. You don't agree with it. Mike doesn't agree with it. Let our listeners know, man, what the hell went wrong and why is Wes Walker now a Denver Bronco? Well, let me start off by saying the the Robert Kraft and the New England Patriots organization, they're pretty pretty used to pushing guys away that – have done nothing but, you know, play, play, you know, respectively. Uh, Wes Walker came in last year on a franchise tag, one million, uh, $9 million deal, mm-hmm. and he did, he did nothing but, you know, show up at uh, involuntary camps, mandatory camps, signed his tender. For them to push him away like that, I mean, that, that really speaks volume that, you know, the, the Patriots organization just – Either didn't value this guy, or they saw something in him that uh, a lot of uh, a lot of other teams might not have. I was going to ask you uh, though, and I mean, I listened to your program last night right here on uh, Fan Junkies Radio Network. Um, the acquisition of Amendola does that soften the blow a little bit with your fan base, or no? Um, I think it does. The thing is, Amadol, he you know, he's younger, he's faster, he's a little bit stronger. Um, but, you know, as everybody knows, Danny Amendola, he, he's, he's very injury-prone. Um, but with that being said, him being in the Patriots organization, Tom Brady and, and uh, Josh McDaniels, they're going to make him a better football player. So I see him being on the field a lot more than he was in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I think it's I think it's a good acquisition, but I don't think he's worth the money that they're paying him right now. 
Well, a five-year deal for a guy that, you know, honestly cannot stay in a field. And you know what? I, uh, you know, hate to disagree with you here, but, you know, that's what we do here on Fan Junkies Radio. John. We, have a blast. we agree to disagree, but I don't care if Tom Brady or Josh Roberts or Bill Belichick or whoever else is in the organization can make him a better football player. That's not going to keep him on the field if he's so injury prone. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But, I mean, you got to remember, Tom Brady, he's used to throwing – Footballs into the numbers. I mean, what the heck was his tallest receiver? Maybe like five nine. Yeah. You know, so you know he'll get him the ball the way he's supposed to be. I, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's going to play, you know, sixteen games, you know, for the full five years that he's here. But you know, he'll at least he'll at least have, you know, uh, more games under his belt than you know in St. Louis. At least that's my opinion. I mean, other people might disagree, but that's my yeah. my opinion. Was uh you know what Amendola's uh, injury last year the one that uh, could have possibly killed him wasn't that after the catch and on the run? Correct, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, it was, I believe. Yep. It was as he was. It was as he was going down. Yeah. I, I I believe that that was caused by the ground. In other words, he hit the ground so hard it it actually dislocated his his collarbone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, not for nothing, Danny Amendola. He's got a he's got a temper too. I mean, this, you're talking about a guy that you know. Missed a couple balls and decided to punch a couple walkers or something like that. So, mm-hmm. so he's going to have to keep that in check when he's here. That's for sure. John, let me ask you one more about this whole situation. Uh, and and Jonathan knows this. Uh, one of my one of my good good friends, Brandon, is a monster New England Patriots fan. Uh, good man. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's really not. I'm just listening. He probably appreciates that, but. Um, the uh, one of the things, one of the comments he made the other day with regard to the whole Welker and Amendola uh, flip flop here uh, was that it, it, he got the impression that it was an issue where perhaps maybe the Patriots were going youth movement. That's what they. That's what this was all about. Uh, how do you read that? Um, I think the. Uh, I think, I think the letting him go part is more of the fact that they, I think they're trying to change the offense. I think they're trying to go a little bit more stretch, you know, stretch the field um, instead of this, like, you know, short dump and, and run type of thing. Um, Wes Walker, listen, there's no, there's no doubt that Wes Walker and Tom Brady were probably the greatest NFL combination that they've had in a, in a long time. I'm not saying ever, but in a long time. So my impression about – this is they're definitely moving in a different direction, and that's why the cleaning house, you know, they're cutting, they cut Brandon Lloyd, you know, um, they're bringing in Donald Jones, who's taller, he's faster. They're bringing in um, Leon Washington. Uh, you know, these acquisitions, they, you can definitely tell that they're they're trying to beef up and uh, beef up their their offense. John, how much? That's my opinion. John, how much of this is Belichick? Uh, probably most of it. All of it. All of it. Yeah, exactly. Yep, all of it. I mean, he's he he acts as a uh, a co GM, if I'm not mistaken. So he's got a lot of pull and say what goes on there. Well, I mean, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, you you take a look at his resume and his body of work. The guy is an innovator. So you got to hope that, or you got to, I mean, if you're if you're a Patriots fan, you got to think that. He knows what he's doing. I mean, he's done this. Yeah. We've seen him do this kind of thing repeatedly over season, yeah. one season after another, after another, after another. 
Yeah, yeah, but I think you know what the loss of Wes Welker though, and a guy like Patrick Chung, and uh, who else uh, lost? You know, they lost Donald Thompson over to the Colts. I mean, you know, these are names that I I, I don't really necessarily know that the uh, Patriots lost over the years uh, without guys retiring. Uh, well, you, you know, John, you know, you know, losing Wes Welker has that been probably the biggest uh, loss for the Patriots in uh, you know over the last bunch of seasons. I, I I definitely think so. Like I said, uh, you can't you can't replace Wes Welker. He he was a he was you know he's the reason that we've made it to two Super Bowls since he's been here. Um, you know he's been nothing but solid on our offense. So it is it's a huge deal. And you know going back to Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick has a a keen knack to get rid of guys that are on the decline. And uh, like you know and but. Personally, I think the way he goes about it, he's, he's very cold about it. And I know yeah. this is a business and stuff, but, you know, just the way he does it, it's, very, it's kind of cruel if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. And also, Mike, from what you said before, talking to Brandon about them going more towards a youth movement, yes. they've yeah. actually let go of more youth and signed more veterans over the six to seven season mark. So, well, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have those numbers. I, I, I trust you if you're, you know, on your well, office. No. There, but. You know I'm looking at it right now. You you know what? You let go of, uh, let, let me see. Okay, so you, you brought in Amendola. He's only played three seasons in the league. With his injuries, he's probably only played about a half a season in the league, if you look at it. Um, you know, between him and Donald Jones being that three seasons, bringing in rest of the guys they got rid of, uh, you know, five seasons, three seasons, four seasons. You know, you, you bring in a guy like Adrian Wilson, 12 seasons. You bring in a couple other guys that are at that 10-season mark. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a youth movement. It, it, seems, it seems to me that they're going a little bit more youthful on the offense but a little bit more veteran on the defense. That's, I was, um, that's great, great observation, John. I was, just, I was just about to say that. I said, you know, as, as Jonathan's making the reference, I'm thinking to myself, uh, it actually appears younger offensively, maybe veteran on the defense. And great yeah. observation. Yeah, what about yeah, your they, defensive line? Yeah, they need to – and that, that's – I mean, I'm glad that they're actually doing that on the defensive ball because they need to bring – they need to bring an attitude back to the way they were in, you know, early 2000s when they were basically dominating on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they don't, you don't have a Teddy Bruce anymore. You don't have a Rodney Harrison. So they have to bring in that that attitude again. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's about it for the Patriots. Do you see the uh, you know Patriots uh, with these moves uh, competing really hard this year? I, well, being a Patriots fan and a homer, I see them competing every year. So I agree um, with you. I, 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 I mean, yes, like I said, losing Les Falker to the Denver Broncos, you can put the Denver Broncos ahead of the Patriots, but they're still a winning organization, so they're definitely going to be there. I don't think you can ever rule this team out, Jonathan, seriously. I mean, as I just pointed out, uh, Belichick, in my opinion, is probably one of the greatest innovators, one of the greatest innovative coaches we've probably seen going back to, you know, some of the early, early days of of NFL football. I mean, when you go back to, uh, uh, you know, uh, Landry and and, and bring it on forward to some of the greater innovators that we've seen – you can't rule. You can't rule uh, the, the Patriots out of there. I don't care what they do to that team. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I, I mean that's I, just being realistic. I like to I like to bring up this point anytime anybody ever asks me. You know how how I think about the Patriots and their chances and stuff. You know I believe in 2006 they they went to the AFC Championship game with Rushay Caldwell as their top receiver. You know old wide eye there he. He brought him pretty far with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom 
Brady is an elite quarterback. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty much sure he is. And he can make pretty much any receiver into gold. Yep. That you know, along with Bill Belichick and his schemes, but that's that's why I see them being a contender every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let me throw this out to you real quick because I, I just got this across my news desk uh, uh, over here. Uh, Ted Johnson, former Patriot, he now hosts a uh, radio show down in uh, Houston. They asked him, well, uh, you know, who was the ugliest spouse on the Patriots? And he said, well, he won't hear this, but it's Vince Wilfork. Oh, my God. And Vince Wilfork sent them a tweet not even like an hour later saying, you're barking up the wrong tree. I hear and see everything, Mother Bieber. Oh. Uh, Ted, Ted Johnson just wrote on Twitter just a couple minutes ago, I just made a huge error in judgment and want to apologize to Vince and his wife for comments I made earlier today on the Houston radio show. So, uh, wait, a minute, wait a minute, did you say that was your sports desk, uh, Jonathan, or did you say that was your TMZ desk? That was my TMZ desk. Oh, okay. I just, checked. All right. yeah. I just thought it was funny, man, that I, uh, you know, have to put that out there. Well, we appreciate you bringing us that sports desk. Oh, man, that was great. I, I, I was saying what you were talking about. I was laughing. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad we have uh, Hollywood on our side over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we, we, you know what? That wasn't uh, TMZ. That was uh, your very own uh, favorite thing up there in Boston, Nesson. So, you know, listen, uh, I'm, yes. ready to get into the, I'm ready. I'm ready to get into the Red Sox with uh, with John here, and you're bringing up you're bringing up spouses. I had to, man, because that was funny, man. I had to read that. That was funny. <laughs> That was good. No, I man, it just shows you how uh, you know how far the reach of the media goes now. You know, oh yeah, he's not going to hear this. I'm down in Houston. Yeah, guess what? Fifteen minutes later, Vince Wilfork's tweeting you. Listen, the, the reach goes so far, it even gets to Jonathan's sports. I mean, TMZ desk. It's my news desk. It's a little bit of everything on the news desk, man. Oh, goodness. talk about the Boston Red Sox, Mike. Yeah, let's go. No, let's. Yeah, let's do this. What do you think, man? I mean, hey, I. I you know, you've had two seasons in a row up there where it's just been a freaking disaster. Yeah, Is this going to get any better? Now, look, look, the Yankees have, 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 have self-imploded, okay? So you got yeah. them out of the way. You didn't even have to worry about doing anything to get rid of them. They're out right. of the way. You guys have got to get it going, yes? Is this going to happen this year or what? what what's going on? Um, listen, as, as I stated on a couple of the shows, my expectations for the uh, Boston Red Sox this year aren't very high. Um you know, given like, what they did yeah, but, last you know, season. Yeah, but you're a homer, though, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I still, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm a homer or not. I it's, like that. I like that. At least he's balanced. I, I, yeah, you know, it's just it's just the way it is. I mean, I, I, I don't I'll, – I'll always root for him. doesn't matter, but I just don't yeah. – I don't see this season being a very, you know, a maybe a playoff season or a uh, World Series championship. I don't see that at all. I see them, um, you know – Maybe a seventy, eighty game win, wow. you know, column. I mean, and but it's just and and the biggest reason is that the Baltimore Orioles have gotten better. I mean, Toronto just stacked up this year. So yep. I I don't I see I see the uh, the order that places in my head is uh, you know Toronto at first, Baltimore in second. The Rays in third, and then Red Sox, and then of course the Yankees in last. And that's me being a homer right there. I put in the Yankees wow, in last. Wow, you got the you got the Rays ahead of your Red Sox. Holy smokes! Okay. I do, I do, and that's just because they have a lot of youth and a lot of talent. And you know they as ma- as many times as we played the Rays, they always play us hard. So I, I 
I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and put them ahead of us this year. Yeah. Well, with all the uh, players that the Red Sox picked up, uh, you know, guys like Mike uh, uh, Mike Harp, Johnny Gomes, Shane mm-hmm. McTorino, um, whoever else they got, uh, you know, to you, who is the guy that's going to step up for this team this year? Um, you know, I'm going to shoot out. I'm going to shoot out a crazy name, and a lot of people are going to probably call me out on it. But I'm going to, I'm going to say John Lackey. I'm going to say John Lackey is going to be the guy this year. I really do. <laughs> you heard Mike? What? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm going. No, I can see that. I can see where people would, where, where, where John would say that. I can understand that. No, no. In my eyes, I mean, John Lackey by far has the most to prove, and he's, he's having a pretty darn good spring. So I, I, I see him. I see him being, you know, possibly a leader and stepping up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh, mm-hmm. That's interesting. I mean, uh, I, you know, would you call his uh, Boston Red Sox career so far a uh, bust or? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, what did he, he sound like a five-year deal, something. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, five-year, fourteen. No, I know somebody might be able to correct me on that, but you know, he signed a big, lucrative deal, and well, his first three seasons have been nothing but, you know, poop. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it was a five-year deal, uh, eighty-two million. Oh, eighty. Oh, I was way off, but yeah, Whoa. eighty-two million. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's no, he hasn't lived up to that. That's for damn sure. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. He's coming off Tommy John surgery, so like I said, you know, and with him not being there last season, no one can blame him for last season. Right. So, like I said, he has the one. He's the one that has the most to prove, I think. Well, hopefully for you, man, with that Tommy John surgery, he's going to have the uh, Henry Rowan Gardner arm. So. This team, this team, this this Boston Red Sox team just keeps going through new management constantly. You know, in past, yeah. you're going through your third manager in three years. Yep. Uh, are, are, are have we got that fixed yet? <laughs> I, um, you know, to be no. honest with you, oh, hey, I I say yes. I think John Farrell is definitely the guy to go to. I really okay. do. I mean, he Tito Francona. I mean, he brought us the two two World Series championships. Right. And he was a part of, well, he was part of at least one of them. Um, and, you know, he, he's, he's a pitcher's guy. He, you know, he's got, he's got the mentality that we want. He's strict, but yet he can, he can be comforting too. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, as, as bad as it is, you know, it seems like our Boston players need a little coddling once in a while. So right. he can, he can bring that. And uh, I think, I think he's the answer. I really do. Um, just like anybody, it's his first season here, so he's got a lot to prove. Everybody on the team's got a lot to prove. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of players on this team that have <laughs> way too yeah. much to prove, man. So, uh, you know, it's yeah. going to take some time. So do you see this as just being, uh, you know, part of a season that's going to, you know, lead into a rebuild? I, I do. I do. I think, um, you know, at the end of the season – I think a lot of people look back and say, hey, it wasn't that bad of a season. You know, we can probably, you know, they're probably going to let Jacoby Ellsbury go. Right. Um, there's a couple guys on there with, a, you know, one-year deals. Um, Mike Napoli being one of them, he's got a hip right. issue. Um, you know, David Ortiz is, I believe, on a two-year deal. But, you know, he, he, you know, these guys that are getting older, and I think I think it's time for for the Red Sox organization to start – to build in the minors and really like bring up some, you know, good talent, you know, like Will, uh, Will Millbrooks. He's, you know, he's, he's a good third baseman. 
this Jackie Bradley Jr. kid. He's he's just he's taken over Red Sox Nation. Everybody just wants this guy in the lineup like tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. so well, I see that see that being being the way it goes. It's kind of a shame because in some respects, uh, timing you know timing is everything, and this could right. have been a year had you guys been positioned correctly. This could have been a year that you really could have been at the top. I mean, when you consider right. for a moment that Toronto, if Toronto had not done what they did uh, by acquiring so many players in the off season, yeah. uh, but it, with New York absolutely being the disaster that they are right now <laughs> in the off season, uh, yeah. the only thing that would have been standing in your way could have been Baltimore. And in my opinion, while I am a, a, a I love Baltimore. I mean, I love the Orioles. I always have. Uh, yeah. The the Orioles, I think, are you a good team is going to beat them. They're not a great team. They're a good team. I mean, the Buck Showalter, Showalter. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Yeah, Showalter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, he took this organization that was uh, it was basically a laughing stock for a while, right. and and he, you know, he flipped it on them. And last yep. year. I mean, I can't. I will not expect the Baltimore Orioles to have the exact same season they did last year. Mm-hmm. But you know, having a good manager like that, things carry over. I mean, we thought what three years ago the Tampa Bay Rays were just going to be like a one and done, and they stayed consistent with uh, Joe Madden. You know, so he's. I think Brock will. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna give us a run for the money. Baltimore yeah. is one of those teams like the Rays. They always play us really hard. So. You know, ah, it, it's it's tough. I, I mean, the Red Sox, they can – I'm sure they can acquire some more talent and probably make yep. them better, but All right. I, I, you, that, that's just my opinion. <laughs> you've, got them, you've got them coming in fourth. All right. We're, we got you on yeah. record there, John. We got you on yeah, record. That's right. Yeah, that's Well, you know, delivered. listen, you're, you're, you're covering your base as well. If they come in better than that, then uh, then, then then you're gold, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, I got I got one more quick one for you because I got I gotta hit you with this. Uh, right. I I, I, <laughs> I listened to your, your your program right here on Fan Junkies Radio last week. Uh, last yep. week's program, I heard it last week, and uh, both you and Scott were talking a little bit about the Boston Celtics up there. And yep. I believe that both of you made the comment, and I got to be honest, I was sitting over here uh, in my headset, I'm laughing out loud. Uh, both of you made the comment. I believe it. Correct me if I'm wrong, if I don't have the exact uh, translation of this correct. But both of you indicated that in a seven-game set, Boston Celtics against the Miami Heat, yes, the Boston Celtics could very well win that. Well, no, see, Scott said that. Well, I, I have disagree that. Oh, with him. you're blaming yeah. the other guy. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm Hey Scott, if you're listening, here's the stuff. I just hit you with it because yeah, he's he's the one who he's the one who went ahead and said that. I, I listen the Boston Celtics. They're just and like I said, I'm a homer. I love my Boston Celtics, but I they definitely do not have enough to beat the Heat. Um, they'll they'll play them tough. They might take it to a seven game, but in the end, Miami Heat will dominate them. You know, I called Scott out on that one uh, over Facebook as soon as I heard it. And boy, did he take exception to me! 
Yeah, I'm sure I'll get some sort of text message or uh, Facebook message after. So. Hey, you know what, man? You know what? If you get Rondo back and Jeff Green can uh, score uh, consistently 42 points in the, a game like he did the other night, <laughs> you're definitely going to have a good shot at a seven-game series. But, but guess what? I don't think you last five. Jonathan, <laughs> what, what, Jonathan, what do you make of this? we got two guys hosting a show, one shooting the other one. When they're down, I mean, <laughs> you know, we might do it, but we do it when we're off the air, man. We would never do that. <laughs> well, that's just the way Scott and I are. You know, we just uh, we like to um, put ourselves out on the boardwalk as much as possible. You know. <laughs> hey, why not, man? It's all in good fun, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, great stuff. I loved it. All right. Uh, real quick before we let you go, man, we got to throw this in there. Talking Boston sports, uh, your Bruins. Playing a phenomenal season, only six overtime losses. Uh, excuse me, six regulation losses this season. Uh, how deep do you see them going in the playoffs? Um, well, if you had asked me this question at the beginning of the season, I'd say they'd go all the way. They were going to win the whole thing. Um, recently, watching their struggles in the third period has been really sad to watch. Uh, they just can't hold. They can't hold a lead if they get one. Um, last night. You know, obviously they 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 beat the Senators, which they've won eleven straight against them. The they it's still it's still a struggle for them to find their bearings. And I don't know, and I'm I'm not going to use this as an excuse for them. I don't know if it's because it's a shortened season and there's so many games back to back. But listen, in a quadrillion system where they play defense, giving up leads like that should not be happening at all. Yeah. Um, so, going back to your question, I think I I see at least making it into the second second round. Uh, it really depends on who they're going to face in the first round. Um, well, it would either be probably Otto or Toronto. Uh, you know, right now. Well, you know, Jersey too. You have a good shot there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, um, yeah, I mean, those those to me, those are those are teams they can beat. You know, I I, I see them going at least to the second round. My yeah. goodness. Not John, my God, you sound like you sound like you got the worst team in the entire uh, league. My God, you got the third best <laughs> team in the Eastern Division. Are you kidding me? You're only two points it. out of the you're only two points out of the Northeast Division. I know. My- well, the reason why I look at it is because it's the way we lost. The, the, you know, in our last con, it's the way we lost is what really makes me worry about that. You know. Yeah. Um, just the way they, you know, they gave up some leads and. You know, the other game, the other day against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they just, you know, they gave up three straight goals, and it was, it, it, I, I think my stomach went down to my shoes. So it's Pittsburgh, <laughs> man. It was Pittsburgh. Come on. I mean, listen, I, I know, I know, but they played them so well that it was. I agree with you. I saw that game. You know, so trust me, I was rooting for your Boston Bruins there. I don't do it very often, but that was one time I was. Well, hey, I mean, you're, you're a Flyers fan, so I, you, exactly. you should be for him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, trust me, there was, a day, there was a day I used to hate you guys. I think you might uh, – I don't know if you – well, you're, you're we're probably way too young to remember those days. The Brawl, the brawlers. You got it, man. You got yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not old enough to know that, but yet I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Before we let you go, real quick, I do something here every day called the uh, uh, Today in Sports. Today in Sports. You're right. And uh, something happened today in sports with your Boston Bruins. I'm just working out the math here. 48 years ago today. 48 years ago today. Do you know what that was? Um, 
Man, right on the spot. Oof. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Uh, okay, it's a bit innocuous anyhow. It's a little innocuous, so I wouldn't expect you necessarily to know right off the top of your head. Uh, but I'll throw it out there. 48 years ago today in 1964, Eddie Johnston, uh, Boston Bruins, became the last goalie in NHL history to play every minute of every game for an entire season. Wow. <laughs> yep. That's unheard of, huh? He is the last one to have done it. No yeah. one's done it since. And you'll never see it again. No, you yeah. won't. Not not, no, you not won't, the way no. they play the game today. Not I'm, from these wusses. No. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's, that's for another day. All right, man. Well, it was fun talking Boston sports. John, Absolutely. thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Great man. the show there, All right. man. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Hey, it's always good talking Boston sports, man. So. Yeah, particularly hey, with that's what? Back to Boston you go, Leary. Oh, uh, listen to you. Particularly with one of our own. I mean, listen, John's one of us. I yes, mean, is. You know, he is, he's part of uh, Fan Junkies Radio Network. You can hear their program on uh, Thursday evenings at 8 o'clock right here. Absolutely. Right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. And so, you know, hey, we know they're talking Boston stuff, but that's good. That's good. I mean, uh, you know, it gives us it gives us uh, experts in that area that we can reach to uh, when we got to beat them up. Yeah. Well, Mike, guess what time it is? It's hard know. to talk about our NCAA bracket. Oh, oh, I do want to uh, gloat. Yeah, want to gloat. That's what that's all about. Nah, I don't want to gloat, man. I don't do stuff like that. Uh, well, right away after uh, yesterday's games, I am uh, ranked number one in the uh, frat house sports uh, league over there on CBSSports.com. Mike, you're ranked number eight. Yeah, yeah, you're ranked I'm, number eight. So I'm not worried about it, man. I'm not worried about it. Um, you know, um, uh, there, there's a lot that's going to happen. I had pointed out to you. Uh, you know, you got another 16 games today. Yeah, but the west side of your bracket is completely busted, right? Uh, well, the bottom west. Yeah, <laughs> and and well, well, hold on, the top west is the top of the western part is getting blown up as well. Uh, because of course, who didn't have Pittsburgh uh, yesterday beating uh, Wichita State? Uh, just about everybody I spoke to had Pittsburgh, uh, and of course I did, and I had them advancing to the Sweet 16. Yeah. So uh, that becomes a bit of a problem. Um, my God, though, what was the biggest upset yesterday, Jonathan? Uh, where would you put it? What yesterday's upset? Yeah, yeah oh, I, uh, Harvard. Absolutely. That, that that was just. I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody picked Harvard. If somebody had Harvard on their bracket, Paul, you got Three four seven two three seven five three seven three. Who the hell had Harvard? I, I, you know what? Did anybody in the league have Harvard? I I, I doubt it. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to go through and take a look at everybody's bracket, but you know Ivy League champion. All right, they don't even play a conference tournament. I don't know if you're aware of that, but in the Ivy League, you don't play. No. They don't play a conference tournament at the end of the season. No. Um. So they're the they're the adorned Ivy League champion. They get in. Uh, they're coming in. I believe as a 13th seed. Were they a 13? They were. A 15th. Uh, yeah, I believe 13. No, they were a 15 seed. Oh, they were 15. Okay. Yeah, they're, I they're coming 13. in as a 15 seed. Okay. And so oh, the first... it says 14 on, on the bracket. Uh, Harvard Harvard was – okay, yeah, 14. All 14. right, you're, you're right. My my one bracket over here actually does say 15. But huh. no, you're right. They were a 14 seed. So automatically they're playing up against a number three. Now, New Mexico was one of those teams. And if you remember the other day, uh, I brought it up with, uh, with our buddy uh, Lee Klein. And I said uh, a lot of people are talking about potentially New Mexico being one of those Cinderella teams that could go deep. Uh, of course, he was pushing Arizona. Uh, 
who would have thought that Harvard, who has never won an NCAA game of a tournament game of any nature at all, they've never won an NCAA tournament game, would be the number three in New Mexico. Huh. Talk well, about blowing up things. I'm looking through the brackets right now in the league, but, Mike. But, um, one person actually had Harvard. Yes, there was actually. I'm trying to remember who David it was. David Jaskowitz had Harvard, but unfortunately he didn't pick any of the other games. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> so his bracket wasn't even done. So that's it. So that don't count. Okay, wait a minute, though. Somebody, I was thinking... Uh, I went through everything. Did my daughter, Jen, tell me she had... No, I just went through her, too. So. Oh, okay. All right, I was thinking somebody Somebody was telling me last night that they had that they had uh, Harvard. But anyhow, um, so, I mean, no, that had to be the biggest upset uh, of uh, the day yesterday. Now, looking over what uh, we're talking about for today, and again, like I said, we've got another 16 games uh, today. Yes. Uh, let me just pull up the schedule here real quick. Uh, Jonathan, uh, I don't know. and I, I mean, I can throw them out to you. I know that you probably haven't analyzed it tremendously. Throw them out. Uh, but if you've got your bracket there in front of you, do you have any upsets that you have picked for today? What games are on today? Well, let's see. You've got uh, – Let's. I'll go through them real quick. Albany and Duke. Albany and Duke. Duke I got going. Okay, Old Miss and Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Temple, NC State. Uh, where are you, Temple? Right side of the back bracket, I believe. Yeah, I got uh, Temple going. Okay. Uh, Pacific, uh, number 15 against uh, Miami Hurricanes. I have Miami going. Yep, of course. Cincinnati, Crichton. Cincinnati, Crichton. You know, I get so confused looking at this, Mike. That's on the left side bottom. I believe. Uh, left side, uh, Midwest. And I still can't find Oh, I got Cincinnati going over Crichton. How about that? Okay, now Cincinnati's a number 10 going up against... Uh, number 7. Oh, who's the number 7? Yeah. So, in fact, if Cincinnati does win that, that would be an upset. I've got Cincinnati going. LaSalle, number 13 against uh, K-State, number 4. Uh, that's in the west bracket down at the bottom. Yep, I got K-State. You got K-State. I got LaSalle, of course, they're my alma mater. Homer. Uh-huh, I know. <laughs> Uh, Indiana, number one seed against uh, James Madison. Oh, yeah, James Madison. Yeah, I got Indiana. That's a no-brainer. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Colorado, Illinois. Again, again, we thought New Mexico and Harvard was a no-brainer yesterday. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Colorado, Illinois. I had... Uh, ooh, where is it? Uh, uh, that's the very, very bottom on the east side, on the right side of the bracket. I got Colorado going. You got Colorado? I got Colorado. Oh, you got an upset. You got an upset there. I got Illinois. Yeah. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast University against Georgetown. Georgetown. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Iona against Ohio State. I think I have Ohio State. I would hope so. Yeah, Ohio State. Villanova local, uh, number nine against the North Carolina, number eight team. Personally, I think North Carolina is ranked way too high here, but go ahead. Uh, I got North Carolina. Mm-mm-mm. I think. Do I, have North- I do have North Carolina as well, I believe, on that one. No, I got Villanova. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one to call. Northwestern, uh, number 14, against the number three, Florida. Florida. Yep. Oklahoma, San Diego. Oklahoma. San Diego, I got on that one. Uh, Iowa, Notre Dame. Uh, Iowa. Ooh, boy, you're going you're going upset on that one. Oh, no, 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 no. Excuse me, I got Notre Dame. I'm okay. sorry. I was going to say, uh, Lee Klein even said Notre Dame the other day. 
uh, Western Kentucky against Kansas. <laughs> Kansas. I got Kansas as my champion, so what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Minnesota, <laughs> UCLA. Uh, I believe I had Minnesota. I've got Minnesota yep. as well. Minnesota. That, that could be, unless it's LaSalle, if LaSalle were to pull off a win today against K-State, that would be the biggest upset. That could be as big as Harvard winning uh, yesterday. But if, in fact, LaSalle loses to K-State and Minnesota were to win over UCLA, that would become the biggest upset of the day right there. Well, I think James Madison over Indiana would probably be. Well, yeah, but oh, well, if, if Madison could pull out a win over Indiana, I think that would probably be the biggest upset of the tournament. Don't well, you think? obviously it would be. That would be the biggest upset of all, and I don't think anybody is expecting that to happen at all. Well, no, but honestly, did anybody expect Harvard over New Mexico? No. Nope. You know, even at fourteen, and at, you know, New Mexico only being a three seed. I mean, still. Yeah. No. Uh. uh you know, that that's just a shocker. I mean, with all due respect, I'm going to be honest. Uh, in some respects, I sit up and I applaud Harvard and I say, good for you guys. Yeah. Way to go. Uh, at the same time, looking at my bracket, I go, oh, you bastards. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? But look, there is no way, no way that they beat Arizona. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, I, to me, I got Arizona going into the final four. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just don't see that happening. Well, all right. There's our uh, – well, that, that's what's happening right now. Now, I'm just looking over my shoulder here. Duke right now beating Albany 29-18. And up at the top we got uh, Wisconsin and Old Miss. Wisconsin is up by 1.6 to 5. That game just started. Oh, all right. Oh, well, it just started. Okay. Yep. Oh, man, I tell you, man, it's uh, it's interesting. Oh, it's one of my favorite times of the year, dude. I got to tell you, I love this. Think about – I want you to just consider this for a moment. 16 games yesterday, 16 games today. Yeah. That's 32. They're going to play eight more tomorrow and eight more on Sunday. That's another 16 games. You're talking 32 uh, and 16. That's 48 basketball games played in four days. Yeah. That is an incredible, incredible accomplishment and pace. Oh, absolutely, man. It is. And it's what makes the tournament. It's what makes the tournament just so damn wonderful and exciting. And it's what gets the gamblers happy, man. Remember that. That's what it's all about. <laughs> no, it's not. We're not gambling. We're not gambling. We're having. Uh, yes, we are, man. Bragging rights. That's what we're gambling. Yeah, that's. Well, you're exactly right. You, you wiped it in my face the other day. Oh, I got a hat trick. Yeah, no, you didn't, Mike. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So what do you do? You come in here going, hey, look at who's number one right now in the front house. <laughs> well, I got it, man. I got to get you back for what you did. You know, it's, you know, it's not nice when you wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning and all you see is, I got a hat trick. I'm in the lead. <laughs> You know, come on. At least I do it when we're all, you know, we're, we're all awake. We're all aware of what's going on. First thing I do is I look at my phone in the morning when I get up and I see, I got a hat trick. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, man. All right, Mike. Well, you're, painting me, you're painting me really badly here. I don't know. Let's notice out here, man. We're going to do some NHL and MLB standings. But, uh, you know, you know what? I really want to talk about this. Uh, this Honus Wagner card. Uh, you know, uh, rare 1909 Honus Wagner cigarette baseball card, which everybody knows in, in sports collector, which everybody knows who's a sports fan. You've seen this Honus Wagner card before. Not in your hands, because if you had it in your hands, you'd be Now, if you didn't have it in your hands. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know what? It's going up in an auction block. And uh, they're thinking it's going to hit about a $3 million sale price, Mike. Yeah, yeah. You know, you said that you uh, you you have your finger on the pulse of the uh, sports collecting world with uh, these cards and stuff. Did you hear about this? 
did not, and uh, you brought this one to my attention this morning. I was unaware of the fact that uh, there was one floating around that was actually out there uh, for sale. I wish I had known earlier I would have put a bid on it. Uh, not. Uh, right. <laughs> Let's hope uh, $5, man. Come on, man. We have to get a few million people. Help us out. The interesting, uh, the interesting thing about the uh, particular article that you sent over to me with regard to this, Jonathan, is, of course, they've got a picture of a card. Uh, although I'm sure it's not the card that is actually up for auction. Um, it does not describe, I'm reading through this, it does not describe what the condition of the card is. No. Uh, so much of the value of these cards, of course, is is, is based upon, you know, uh, the condition, mint condition and near mint condition and that sort of thing. You know, and if you got all these different standards that are applied by these different organizations reputable organizations that are licensed and what have you uh, by different collectible groups. Uh, so it does not indicate exactly what the condition would be. Yeah. Um, it does not surprise me that you were looking at a card uh, potentially that could, uh, that would be looking at $3 million for God's sake, John, uh, you and I have talked about, you know, uh, bloody socks from Kurt Schilling to uh, uh, all kinds of other things that have been put up on auction blocks uh, and, and put out there and claimed to be sports collectibles. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that we're looking at a $3 million uh, baseball card. Well, that doesn't shock me in the elite. You know, considering in 1991, yes. and I remember this, you know, you know, very vividly, that Wayne Gretzky paid $451,000 to obtain a Honus Wagner card. Wow, that's very good knowledge on your part. That's, yeah. that, that's good Honus Wagner knowledge. Yeah, you know what? I actually remember that because I remember being on TV and I remember actually Wayne Gretzky holding the Honus Wagner card you know? in this big security plastic container. And, uh, you, you know, I, I, I know for a fact he said that the reason why he bought it was because he knew that, uh, you know, the sports collecting market was going to remain strong. And that really wasn't the case, um, you know, late 90s going into the early 2000s. The uh, sports collecting market, you know, dropped you know, significantly. Yeah. But now, here we go, $3 million it could fetch. It's, the opening price is $500,000. Well, I think it depends upon the uh, collectible market that you're referring to, Jonathan. Uh, obviously, uh, when you talk about uh, the time frame that, that you're referencing there, from about the mid-90s into the early uh, uh, 2000s, uh, that was all, I think, a lot of ripple effect from the uh, from the steroid taint. Yeah. Now, uh, no, but even, uh, you know, because, you know, I used to collect a lot of uh, autograph stuff, hockey, uh, football, basketball, that went down, a, a you know, a big chunk of that went down. I remember I had a, uh, a binder of cards, mostly autographed. Uh, I, I had it priced out at about a few thousand dollars when I checked it back. About seven years later, and that was around 99, 2000, 2001, um, the whole book was only worth about $600. Is that right? Yeah, so it, it, dropped, yeah, it dropped significantly. I had some cards graded through Beckett. It, it, it dropped big time, Mike. Wow, that was the height of when I was actually involved in sports collectibles. Oh. It was in around 98, 99, 2000. Uh, was, and that's when I was really involved in it. Yeah, it was bad, man. It was, uh, you know, and I still have that binder. I haven't checked it since. I would like to check it and I see if it's back up. I bet you it's going up, Jonathan. I hope so. I, you know, and I, I don't think it went back up to the prices that it was in '95. But yeah. uh, you know, if it does, uh, you know, cha-ching for me. Do you feel badly that you didn't sell it then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, in, in, in a way, yes, and in a way, no. Okay. No, I think we should, uh, you know, have a show based around that one day. I we'll think we ought to. I think uh, I think we ought to bring some of our stuff on and maybe auction it off. That would be fun. <laughs> we need the millions. Not even, man. A couple thousand I'd be happy with, man. 
All right, Mike. Well, that's it for today. We want to thank our uh, guest, John Leary from Sports Blogger Radio, uh, for joining us. And uh, don't forget, tomorrow, Saturday, you can tune in at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Mike? 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I always get that wrong. 3 p.m. Eastern Time for Frat House Saturday here with our very own Michael NCAA McShane. You got that. So tune in for that tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. Um, So that's it for today. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in. So for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We'll see you tomorrow. Catch you then.